Welcome to episode 34 of Teach Me Tiger. But, 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 power puffs, but, power puffs, hot copper coffee pot, hot copper pop. <laughs> I can't even say it. <laughs> hot copper coffee cup pot, hot copper coffee pot, hot copper coffee pot. <laughs> Welcome to Teach Me Tiger. Welcome to Teach Me Tiger. Woo, woo, woo. I'm Melody. I'm Liz. This is the podcast where we have our friends on the show who are experts in things, and they teach us about those things, and we learn. Sometimes they're just enthusiasts. Yeah. Enthusiasts. Experts. Knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. That's uh, pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So we're having Jared on the show. Jared on the show. We're talking about comedy. Jared McKay. Jared McKay. Liz's. My friend from... Well, he's from Ottawa, but we live in Kingston, so... My friend from Kingston. <laughs> he dapples in stand-up? He dabbles in stand-up. Dabbles? You said dapple, like dappled light? Like a light. dappled light. Yeah. He's like dappling. That's a P. Dabble is a B. Yeah. Hot coffee copper pot. Dapple dabble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're in the spare bedroom of my house in Kingston. Hey, we're doing handheld mics today. Yeah. So if you hear any... Sorry about that. Because we're yeah. holding them. But isn't it better than the... We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I think we're going to get better quality audio. I think we might get better quality audio. That's what I think. But what's more exciting about this, in my opinion, is how mobile you are now. Yeah. Because, dear listeners, if you don't know this, I just show up for this shit, and Melody does (laughs) (laughs) literally everything else. Yeah. It's true. She can't deny it. (laughs) She even writes out notes and prints them out and puts them on on a clipboard for me. It's true. <laughs> so Melody now has like created a system where she's much more mobile, which is cool. Yeah. And so we're in Kingston. Handheld mics, baby. Handheld mics. Oh, yeah. Which is appropriate. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Thanks. It's like, what is that called? Um, vocalizing? The type of vocalizing when you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yes. And also the stuff that Whitney Houston used to do. you know that that's called something that's good there's a term for that and i can't remember what it is the whitney Houston bone no it's not that (laughs) it's not called the whitney Houston. it's something like vocal frig vocal fry no that's what we all have because we're dick i don't know what you mean liz (laughs) (laughs) oh my god what are you talking about Hey, Liz, before we get to our chat with Jared, do you have any weak peaks? I do. I do have some weak peaks. I, yes, rented a studio. Sweet. And I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, it's a short-term rental because it's a studio space that's vacated for the summer by art students who use it during the school year. Right. So I only have it for a little bit of time. But it's still a space where I can uh, build some flats some like backdroppy things Mm -hmm. and some light shaping tools for my photography business 
and I'm going to go in there tomorrow and finish some stuff, and then I'm going to start working out of it for the next six and a half weeks or something. What are you going to work on? Just like portraits and stuff and do some cool things. I don't know. Just like have fun because I forget what it's like sometimes to just mess around with photography. There's something to be said for sure for having a space outside of your home. Oh, man. Oh, man. Work. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm really excited. I'm going to build a little cabin on my property one day and it's going to be the podcasting slash art studio with a bunk up top for guests. Nice. Maybe with like a compost and toilet. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. So I have a garage, which you've seen. It's not falling down, but it's not in great condition. <gasps> we're going to move the podcast there. We're going to be the next Mark Marins. Mark Marin. Yeah. We're And we're going to make it big. So I don't have a lot of money. JM and I were kind of late bloomers when it comes to being adults and graduating from school and earning money and getting jobs. And pubic hair, right? <laughs> <laughs> My God, Melody, how'd you know? <clears throat> no, unfortunately, I was not a late bloomer with that. <clears throat> oh, okay. So we don't have a ton of money, but we bought this house. Thank you, Dad, mm-hmm. uh, for helping us with that. Big up, Brock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's it needs some fixing up. Plus, like, we just need more money. But I told my friend Dave that I wanted to convert the garage into a studio and have, like, more light and a new cement floor and insulate it so it was warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer and also have a rolling glass door for the garage door instead of uh, an opaque one for lighting for for um for photography and he laughed in my face (laughs) (laughs) he was like you know that that's like forty thousand dollars if mark Marin can do it if mark Marin can do it anybody can i just want it to be a nice place and also it'd be like a cool place to hang out yeah. It would like extend the living space. Go out there, smoke some doobies. Smoke some pot. Drink some brews. Yeah. Have some wine. Yeah. Have a little have a little wood stove. Yes. Have a little wood I stove. I want to have a little wood stove in my studio yeah. too. Have a little wood stove. Uh anyway, pipe dreams, but that's what I want. And that's cool. what you want. Well, you've got a studio. Yeah. For two months. For and two that's months. my week peak. I'm cool. excited about it. Nice. What about you, Melody? What's your week peak? Well, I had a couple of things to tell ya. I'm so excited. The true peak of my week is, again, the miracle of life. Your children? No. Oh. <laughs> my my Your avian. avian children. Yeah. My eggs that I talked about in the last episode, a bunch of them hatched. And so I have little chickies in my basement, and they totally think I'm their mom. <laughs> do they really? Like, how do they behave? They imprint. We talked about that last yes, time. Yes, I too. remember so that. My five-year-old daughter goes and plays with them all the time. We have them locked in the downstairs bathroom and they freak out when she handles them. But if I reach my hand into their bin, their little like tub that they're living in right now, they just like crawl in my hand and go to sleep. That's adorable. It's very sweet. It's because they saw you first. Yes. Through the glass of the incubator. Melody was just looking up as though she were a chick looking through, through the glass of the incubator at a giant Melody. Yeah. And then the other thing, which wasn't so much a weak peak as much as a slightly horrifying story I wanted to tell you. So in the winter, we discovered that we had a bag of bird seed in a downstairs closet and mice had gotten into there and they were stashing it in like baskets of laundry and in the logs, like in the wood pile. They were taking stuff. the bird seed and hiding it different places. That's what they do. That's so fucking cute. I know that it's bad for your house to have mice, but how adorable is that? And then Chris cleaned... Not me, Chris, <laughs> cleaned out the closet and like cleaned all these places out and found mouse shit just fucking everywhere. All oh, that blows. Yeah. So the other day I was standing in our bedroom, broad daylight, 
getting dressed and a mouse ran across the room and I was like, oh shit. And I texted Chris and he's like, ah, sad face. Whatever. <laughs> so then, That's how we communicate in 2019. So then Chris was putting the kids to bed, reading to them in Holly's room and heard a lot of racket in the hallway and came out and was like, Flora, what the hell are you doing? She was sitting there like proudly holding an injured mouse. Oh, So he took it outside and killed it because it was that needed to happen Mm -hmm. or he just hates it. I don't know. um, (laughs) So there was that. Then two nights later, I was laying in bed with my three-year-old. He'd just fallen asleep. His door was ajar and the cat, Flora's our cat. The cat came in chasing a mouse, chased it behind my son's laundry hamper and then sat there for a very long time. She'd run like to the other side and then back to the other side. (laughs) And so eventually I got up and like pulled the hamper out and she caught it. Then she dropped it. Then it ran into the hall. Then they went into my daughter's room and I was like, (laughs) fuck it. I'm out. (laughs) I closed the door to the one bedroom. Then the other day I opened my son's closet door and a mouse ran across my foot. Oh, you got mice bad. I know. And then you should get another cat the next night. The, a mouse woke Chris up because it was like fucking around on top of his dresser. And then he let the cat in and it was like crawling up onto pictures on the wall and stuff. So he went and got serious traps. They're like, it's like a metal live trap, but then you also put a glue trap in it. And we caught one within like 10 minutes. Oh, I know. But here's the upside. What? Guess what Chris is letting us do? What? Get a kitten. We're getting a cat. Another cat. Another little sweet little baby. Hopefully it'll be have some killer instinct. Well, it's, yeah. It's like a country cat that's been outside with its mama because the people who have these kittens live in a bus. <laughs> no way. Listen to episode Size Matters <laughs> to hear all about the bus. Oh, neat. That sounds, I think that mice are adorable. And I get that it's bad, bad, bad <clears throat> to have them in your house because they can cause a lot of damage. But I lived in this old... Victorian house with a bunch of uh, grad students in Peterborough. Yeah. When I was working there and the house was infested with mice and it was like half under construction sometimes. Like there was a big hole in the ceiling above the stove and I was stirring a pot of soup underneath this hole and I heard things above me and I looked up and <laughs> it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. There was a little mouse just like peering over the edge at me with its huge adorable ears and then it ran away but because of how quickly it moves it just looked like it disappeared (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah well i told chris before i realized these live traps have glue traps also the glue thing is rough what's supposed to drown them after i don't know i was like chris fill that thing with live mice and throw them to the chickens oh i know it sounds brutal but the chickens are going to have a great time. A little extra protein. <laughs> and that goes right in the eggs, folks. <laughs> $6 a dozen. So we're going to talk to Jared. Jared McKay. All right. Well, we're going to get started. Should we bring in Jared? We should bring in Jared. Here he comes. Here comes Jared. <laughs> Secret, we already we already recorded the podcast with Jared. 
we're doing the intro after, which I kind of like, because then we can kind of reflect. Plus, we've already had two beers each, so yeah, we're reflecting so hard right now. <laughs> I'm really reflecting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so right. enjoy. Here it is. <laughs> We're going to talk about comedy on this podcast. Yes, we are. And Melody's made some notes about Los Angeles. Well, so I just wanted to note that I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of them are out of L.A. And there's a huge stand-up community out there. A lot of people into improv, just a lot of comedians in general. And so there's a pretty strong correlation between podcasting in Los Angeles and, uh, and comedy. comedians. Yeah. Or just I don't know that that's podcast. true in like Eastern Ontario, but... Well, Jared's here. <laughs> right? He's, he's a comedian or has done it before. So being a comedian is not something that I put on my resume. You could if you wanted to. So, but are no. you like a comedian on the side? What do you put on your resume? And where do you put comedian? Where does that fit in? Well, on my resume, I put uh, energy engineer. Yeah. <laughs> like vibes? Like you're engineering the vibes of the room? Exactly. Is that what you mean by yeah. that? Yeah. I'm all, cool. about, I'm all about the chakras. <laughs> I, I, I engineer people's chakras. Oh my god! On Instagram the other day, a wedding photographer that I don't follow, but I was looking at her Instagram, was doing a post. She's like, "You guys all know she's got like lots of followers and is makes tons of money." I know you guys all know that I'm working really hard on opening my fifth chakra or whatever, and blah 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 blah. And I thought, man, people eat this shit up. Oh yeah. Anyway. Well, when we did the Bitcoin episode, Chris was saying that there's a whole community of um, people online who do like tarot readings for Bitcoin. Oh, and wow. People are into the... You know what, though? I, I Funny business. I occasionally, um, you know, click on random links. And I was looking at some, some financial institutions discussion of bitcoin and yeah. it's, it might as well be tarot reading yeah <laughs> they're, they're drawing lines and they're like maybe it's hit a floor i'm like well if you draw a line maybe it's a floor but that doesn't make any sense you right can't just predict that like <laughs> yeah you obviously don't know anything about anything that's gonna happen in the future no one does that's the whole point someone just told me the other day that the cpp like canada pension plan mm-hmm. is obligated by law to have a financial plan in place for up to 75 years that makes sense but how can they know what will happen i mean the plan is like do things responsibly probably right. the plan is like you know pick the uh, the option that this has the best forecast for the next 20 to 30 years and then move on from there every year you, you change the plan a little bit yeah 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 that makes sense um i know a guy who has a lot of some cryptocurrency i learned this after our podcast on oh, cryptocurrency yeah? yeah and it's oh man what's it called it's some gaming currency anyway it, he might be a millionaire some guy, really? some guy who was at our wedding might in a few years be like a gazillionaire because of this. And he got it for free. So my friend Michelle's ex-boyfriend, they <laughs> before they started dating, they're in university together. And he came in one day and he's like, so I'm going to be going away for a little while. I won a lot of money in online gambling. <laughs> <laughs> he like made himself super rich for a couple of years and then he burnt through it. I don't know. There's money to be made in the gaming world. I yeah. guess that's what I'm saying. Hmm. Do you have Bitcoin? Uh, I have one half of a Litecoin. 
Oh. My friend Jess gave me a Litecoin instead of $160. Uh, he owed me for um, uh, a curling membership. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, yeah, yeah, I would take half a Litecoin instead of $160 because that's what, what it was worth at the time. Right. Oh, no. it's, it's now worth about $40. Oh. But uh, I haven't checked recently. Maybe it's worth more than that now. It's, not, it's, it. not, it's not worth $160, though. Oh. It could be worth. Melody and Chris have half a Bitcoin. 180 yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, half a Bitcoin is great if you bought it when it was worth like you know 200 bucks i think that's what he did if you bought it when it was worth eighteen thousand dollars, no you may have made a mistake he was pretty excited then yeah i didn't sell it and didn't do anything and now just still has it (laughs) no he took us out for a fancy dinner and we're still paying it off (laughs) (laughs) um okay so back on track yeah we're talking to jared and jared doesn't like small talk so we both don't like small talk so let's move on i shouldn't have said that (laughs) it just made it awkward yeah no that's let's Okay, but comedy, you wouldn't put it on your resume, but what do you do? I, I have done several open mics. That's basically okay. it. Kingston okay. is not exactly like a hot comedy scene. Yeah. It could be if I wanted to do mm-hmm. you know, it more. Yeah, but, uh, and I felt really bad because I missed one. <laughs> and, I felt, and I've never seen him do it. And I was invited to one and I didn't go. I, I only do it at the weird indie events. I'm not going I, out to like the Absolute Comedy Club and, and perform, yes. performing in front of strangers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, do you think you would? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I'm, I'm also a musician. Yeah. And I do the same thing. It's not like I don't, I'm not expecting to be famous or good at it. You just do it for fun. I just do it for fun with my yeah. friends. Yeah. I think that's the best way to do stuff like this, not make it like a career. Just like have a good time. Yeah. You know? I saw Deanne Smith recently. She's like, she's a comedian. She's on that Netflix of the world special for Canada. Uh, uh, anyway, she's in Kingston. There's like seven people there. It was a Tuesday. It was really good, though. And she's on a Netflix special? Yeah. Oh. It's Kingston, though, right? That's, that's the thing. Is yeah, yeah, it's Kingston. People are like, "Woo, I'm going to go see a, you know, gender non-binary comedian on on like a Tuesday night in the rain." You know, Kingston's kind of like close-minded right. and boring. Mm. I shouldn't say that. Not everyone. Cut. I think I think that's that's indicative though of what the life of a touring comedian is like. Yeah, a lot you of the sh- right. they can be like, "I'm on a Netflix special," and then it's like. I I still sit in the, on a stool in the middle of a restaurant while pe- while waiters are serving food around me, which right. is what Nicole Byer did recently. <laughs> oh, really? And she's on Nailed It. That's true. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. a podcast. She's really fun. Her podcast is called Why Won't You Date Me? And it's all about why she can't get a date. <laughs> <laughs> she, was, she was on The Good Place. I liked, I liked her then. Uh, was, was she on The yes, Good she Place? She was the male woman. Oh. Yeah. Let's get to it. Let's do some icebreakers. Here, let me play the jingle for Jared. Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks, reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. I'm going to ask you a question. If you were immortal, what age would you choose to stop aging at and why? But I think if you're immortal, you just never die and it's actually torture. Well, I mean, you if you're immortal... You could just commit suicide? I don't know if you, you can. Could you? Liz? I think, I think really it's kind of a monkey's paw situation. You know, you know what I mean by monkey spot? I mean, I know that it's the name of Jordan Peele's production company. Is it? Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, it's from a story about a cursed monkey paw where it give you wishes, but the wishes were all twisted. Yes, uh, I remember that. It was like, I wished that I was really wealthy and then it like everyone died on earth. So you had everything or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, I think that you can, if, if we're setting the, the, you know, the paradigm of this story as you're allowed to choose when you stop aging, mm-hmm. I'd probably say like 26. Mm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. How old yeah. are you now? 35, almost 36. <laughs> what was so good about 26? Uh, 
I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but it's just before I had my kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I remember it as being a carefree oh, age. Yeah. I remember oh. you were gonna. You bought like a trailer, yeah. and you were gonna put it out on some piece of property and live out there and become a banjo playing hillbilly. That was six weeks before I got my partner pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't happen. <laughs> now he owns a house and has a day job. Yeah. Oh, lame. Yeah. Boo his. And that's why comedy <laughs> is just a hobby, right? Yeah. If I lived in a trailer and had no dependents, you know, why not? Why wouldn't I just drive to LA and see what happened? Right. Sure. Although I was in LA like six weeks ago and I didn't go see any comedy. I was really? in New York last yeah. fall and I didn't go see any comedy either. When I was in New York two years ago, we went to, a, to an open mic, not an open mic, but like a, like a small club. It was called the, the cave, I think, mm-hmm. or the cave and something maybe cave and Creek, the cave and Creek. And, uh, and it's a, a little cafe up top with uh, an, a very, very small auditorium. Um, and it was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, LA, like I've never been there and I've talked about wanting to go just cause it's a weird place, but it's kind of like huge and like hard to navigate if you don't know it very well and you're just visiting. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to do, mm-hmm. so you could spend a lot of time there. I actually wish I'd spent less time there cause it's kind of awful. Cause it's kind of just a city. It's a big yeah. city. It's yeah. like, Hey, let's go on vacation to Toronto. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I guess we could see a blue Jays game and then we could go to a bar but I don't drink. Yeah. So right. we could do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that we drove just over two hours to get dinner and we did not leave the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, it was only 45 minutes back. Um, but the but traffic yeah, was the so traffic, bad. Yeah. Just, you know, we went at dinner time, and so it took us yeah. a long time to get there. So because I, I listen to so many podcasts that are also in Los Angeles, they'll be like, they'll get there and they'll talk about their day. Like, mm-hmm. oh, the traffic was crazy. It sounds like a nightmare. It yeah. sounds like I don't understand why people live there. Because yeah. it's where the money is. Because it's hot? It's, oh, it's beautiful. I mean, I, I recently saw a graph of uh, all the nice days described as, this was American units, but over 50, under 80, uh, sunny with limited clouds and no rain. And, and LA had like, a, like 190 days of that a year. Oh, wow. so like not too hot? Not too hot, not too cold. Oh. And, and then the days that were like not as nice as that were still pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. But, you know, the whole threat of forest fire. Yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. Can't burn coyotes. if you're downtown. Can't burn if you're downtown. <laughs> okay, Melody. What age would you stop aging at if you were immortal? Probably about the same, actually. Because for me, if I'm just picking when I'm going to stop aging, I'm going to pick at the height of looks, Your powers? My mm-hmm. best looks. Yeah, for sure looks. And I would say, like, yeah, 20, when you, when mid-20s. When you're strongest, when you're healthiest. Like, and you've yeah. grown but out of bo- acne yeah, for the exactly. most part. You're mature, but not old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I probably would choose, like, this sounds funny, too, right before I met JM. <laughs> because I'm happier than I have been. Like, I'm very happy with him. But I was, like, my thinnest, which, because I'm, like, trying to be a body positive person, yeah. I was my thinnest right before I met JM. And I was, like, man, I look amazing. <laughs> that i met jm and all we do is hang out and watch star trek (laughs) there's a lot of star trek there's so much star trek so much there's 25 pounds worth of star trek on my ass right now (laughs) so what age was that so i'm 37 now and we met five years ago so 32 okay i mean 30 32 is pretty good that's kind of your athletic prime for a lot of people right yeah like i was super fit i was super active i worked out all the time which isn't so much like a body image thing. I just felt really felt good. good. Yeah. Uh, I was, I had like four jobs and no money. 
That was hard. But yeah, no, that was a fun time. I remember feeling pretty relaxed and happy. I feel like if I stopped at 26 and then I were immortal, then I would still have all of the like emotional and mental development, just a bang and bod. Yeah. Basically. If I stopped aging now, I would forever have the chronic injuries that I have now. Right. And, and, and you don't want to live the rest of your life with those, except that we kind of are. Yeah. I guess. Just forever. There's forever. Yeah. yeah. And I um, was really miserable in my 20s and awful and like partied a lot and did lots of drugs. Isn't that what you would do if you were immortal, though? I mean, yeah. No, I don't think so. No? Yeah. Did you like research things? Come down, from a... ex- come down from ecstasy is too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It's too emotionally yeah. debilitating. Icebreakers. Okay. Let's do this. Let's do it. Jared, I heard that you're a fan of Steve Martin. I am a fan and of Steve Martin. And although I am happily married, I would love <laughs> to spend the rest of my life with Steve Martin, listening to him play his banjo. Yeah. Slinging jokes. Yeah. Uh, I was a fan of Steve Martin before I learned he was a banjo player. Was well, that true? Hmm. Yeah, it was. Because the first thing I saw Steve Martin in and like... That blew my mind was The Three Amigos. Oh, yes. yes. Such a good movie. So yes. good. Yeah. And then I heard, and then I heard his, his record uh, yeah. in the 70s. And it's funny, actually. I'm not a huge fan of those old Steve Martin stand-up records because stand-up has changed a lot. Right. And he was also very avant-garde as a stand-up comedian at the time. Yeah. Uh, and so part of what was so funny was how different he was from everything else. Right. Um, so, Does so, it not stand so up out anymore? out of context? Or hold up? Not- no. Out of context, I'm not as... I, I wouldn't be like, you know what you should do? You should go out and find some old Steve Martin records and listen to them. Like, it's not something I would recommend most people do. Right. Would you recommend old Bill Cosby records? Uh, I haven't. Wink. <laughs> no, probably Well, not. actually, it's funny you say that. JM and I tried to watch, I can't remember what the, what the stand-up special is called, but it's the Eddie Murphy special from the 80s where he's right. wearing a red leather outfit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's the one that, like, made everyone go crazy and he was so great. And I don't. I think that Eddie Murphy is a, is a great talent, but I couldn't watch it. I watched it for ten minutes, and it was just all gay jokes. Yeah, mm. he was just like dropping the f bomb, the other one, the slur one, not the swear word, constantly. Right. And I was like, "This isn't funny." Yeah, yeah. sorry, buddy. <laughs> I think I think old stand up can be in a lot of ways difficult to listen to. Yes, but even even clean stuff like old stuff from like the Ed Sullivan show or something where a stand up comedian was on and and you're like, yeah, I mean, I guess that's funny, but yeah. you know, it doesn't it doesn't resonate the same way. Yeah, it's right. like a little bit old fashioned, a little bit misogynistic. Yeah. So my wife and I, she was complaining and it's just yeah. Huh. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So how do you feel about stand-up records in general? Like, do people still make CDs? Or, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, definitely. Anybody, anybody who has, like, a stand-up special on Netflix, you will yeah. watch that. You can also buy that as an album. Okay. Now, and they'll all be, you know, the jokes will be split up into tracks, you know, one to three minute tracks. And uh, and a lot of that stuff gets played on, you know, Sirius XM radio. Right, you know, okay. there are There are comedy channels that play that. And I used to have Google Music. Yeah. And then they removed the stand-up genre for some reason. They kept oh. all the albums, but you couldn't sort by genre. Oh, that's so, annoying. So it was much harder to find them, and I really hated that, so I canceled. And now I have Spotify, yeah. and it has a genre of stand-up, and it just you know shows you all the records. Okay. So, yeah. And, and even, even you know small local comedians. like There's lots of people in Toronto who are putting out records, for sure. Is that mostly that's how you so consume stand-up, is through records, through like audio, stuff like that? Right, right now, it's mostly watching Netflix specials. Right. But... I had no idea that you could listen to stand-up on Spotify. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah, it's b- before before podcasts got really popular. It's what I listened to when I was working. Okay. I also oh. drive a lot for work, and so I have a lot of time in the car, and that's a good place to listen to stand up records. Yeah. Do you laugh out loud? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I was wondering if you could talk to us a bit about your love for stand-up. Like, did it start when you were a kid? Did you have earlier influences or early favorites? You, I know we talked a bit about Steve Martin, our shared love. So I definitely had a lot of enjoyment of comedies in general and, and humor uh, as a kid. But I didn't really start watching or listening to stand-up until... I don't know, maybe 13, 12, 13, just for laughs had, you know, their, just for laughs. their channel or their episodes on, mm-hmm. uh, on the comedy network. Yeah. Or on CBC. Yeah. And I listened to a lot of that. I watched all those episodes multiple times and there was just something about, about the stand up that made me, you know, it resonated with me as an art form. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and humor, humor in general has, has always been like the main, uh, genre of any kind of medium that I consume. If I'm watching movies, I prefer to be watching funny movies. I'm watching TV, it's usually funny TV. You're not like a drama person. No, I mean I like them. I, there are dramas that I will watch and enjoy, but but I gravitate towards comedies for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you find that comedy as a genre in films has plummeted? I, I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and they're like, nobody makes comedies anymore, really. Like, I don't it, think that's true. No. What about? No. I mean, they make some. They make bad comedies like. Uh, I feel pretty. I like Amy Schumer. So I'm kind of hot and cold on her. She owns my art. What? What do you mean? Her sister commissioned a piece. What? Amy Schumer literally has my art in her house. I had no idea. How how did I not know this? When did this happen? I don't know. She wasn't that famous when I did it. Interesting. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to derail. Sorry. No, that's cool. I thought you knew. Uh, But I think some, a lot of comedy movies that are happening are bad. Like, I didn't see I Feel Pretty. Well, and that's what they're talking about. Like, there's not as much going funding going into them. People aren't making them as much. Like, it's just not... I, I actually, So I actually have the opposite opinion. Do you? Yeah. I think that I think that stuff is as funny now as it has ever been. Yeah. And the reason you think older movies were funnier is because of the survivorship bias. Only the funny movies are the ones that are remembered. No one, right. no, no one remembers the 20 or 30 crap movies that came out in the mid-80s. They just remember Ghostbusters or whatever. Right. You know, like, there yeah. were lots of bad movies back then, too. Right. Yeah, or like I have this really dumb. It's not dumb. It was popular, but I I don't see comedies in the theater very often. I don't see movies in the theater that often anymore. Yeah. But I saw Old School in the theater, mm-hmm. and I've watched it again since, and I still laugh at it. But uh, it's not as funny to me anymore. But in the theater, I remember <laughs> rocking back and forth so hard that I was moving the entire. Um, it was the old seats, right. so they were all attached. Yeah. When Will Ferrell got shot with that. Um, oh yeah, the with the dart, the tranquilizer dart, and I was like doing this, and I re- I in the back of my mind, I was like, I'm moving the entire row of seats, but I was like wheezing. Yeah, and and comedies are of the time they're of, and yeah. for the most part, they're funnier when you're watching them and they're new. Mm-hmm. And any, yeah. anything a second time is also not going to be as good. But, true. but there are people doing great things right now. Like, like I love everything Lonely Island puts out. They're you know? very funny. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I'm on a boat. They do no. the song about being on a boat. I'm on a boat. And is that the one with no? It's there's a song about Captain Jack Sparrow with Michael Bolton. Oh, I've yeah. seen that. That's hilarious. And he just keeps on. He just he's supposed to be singing a song, but he just keeps on going back to Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I'll play a little clip right now. <laughs> And, and, 
Andy Samberg is the guy that you would recognize from that. Yes, I know who Andy Samberg right, okay. is. So it's him and his buddies, and they do like musical, and they do comedy, and they make yeah. funny movies. And, yeah. and like, you know, I mean, there's, there's what's his name uh, from Pineapple Express. Oh, uh, Seth, Rogen. Seth, Seth Rogen. Oh, Seth, yeah, Seth Rogen. Okay. That crew of people. That crew, yeah. yeah. Evan, Judd what, Apatow. Judd Apatow. No, well, he's a director, yeah. But he, just, he does all those movies, doesn't he? He did a, he did a few of the early ones, but, but Seth Rogen ended up writing and directing like most of the later ones he's made. Oh, okay. Or at least writing. Yeah, him and Evan, uh, I can't remember his writing partner's name, but... Yeah, I think those things... I remember watching Pineapple Express and laughing a lot during yeah. that as well. <laughs> I mean that movie's like over ten years old now, though. Which is crazy. You're because so old. I'm incredibly old, and <laughs> I should so just die. Old. Jared's the youngest person in this room right now. That's true. A wee baby. A wee baby. You're like two years older than me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the oldest. Yeah, Mel's the oldest. She's a year older than me. Yeah. Um, Am I 37? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I could be 38. Yeah. No, I just turned 37. Okay. You're going to be turning 38 in October. Okay. okay right. You guys are not that much. Old. I'm 36 in like two weeks. Yeah. There you go. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> um. Sorry. Am I 37? So, Stop remembering. <laughs> I remember going when I was like 24 or 25. Who knows? Going to the doctor and her asking how old I was and being like, uh, <laughs> I think I'm 25. 81 i have to do the math in my head it's terrible so i feel like i've heard this a couple places about how comedy movies have taken a dive but do you think like i i'm sure there's still good stuff going on but maybe more funding is going into like netflix specials and it seems like people are consuming media differently and so i wonder if that has something to do with it it might it might um just that you don't see as many blockbuster comedies yeah it's possible it's, it's possible but the nice thing about a comedy is that a lot of the times you don't need the big, the big budget right. to get it to get it made. Right. Like if you look at, uh, you just need some like actually funny people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, you know Taika Waititi, he directed yes. the last Thor movie. Yes, so he, he, ma- he made uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah, he made that. He made what What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, which is now a TV show, which is also very good. I love that guy. I love him. I love the character he plays in Thor Ragnarok, where yeah. he's just that little rock person. Yeah, he's so dry. And that New Zealand accent, just I hear it and I just want to laugh. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> you get extra humor points across the pond by having an accent. Yeah. And I don't mean that I think it's a funny accent. I just... Also, I'm primed for that guy because everything he makes I think is hilarious. So I'm like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like excited about it. Um, Jared, what do you think about improv? I just took a bite of a donut. Oh. <laughs> Answer I, us with your mouth. Though. I can talk about it for a second. Yeah, okay. So it seems that... In the comedy podcast that I listen to, yeah, it seems that pretty much, not all of them, but many, you're either a comic who did improv, or you're a comic who did stand-up. Right. It seems to me that there's not a lot of crossover. Hmm. Maybe yeah. you can correct me if I'm wrong. I agree with that for the most part. It's true. Yeah. And as far as liking goes, I definitely like stand-up a lot more than improv. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I have to yeah. agree myself. It's probably s- smarter. Did you say that? They're different art forms, and there are lots of people who do improvisational stand-up comedy and they riff on stuff and they do crowd work and, right. and you know lots of that is really funny it's the it's the drama aspect the the acting and the the uh, playing off of each other you know stand-up is a very singular it's very personal you are a one-person show whereas mm-hmm. whereas the energy in in uh, improv is more the group and you're waiting to hear what they say and you're waiting to yes am them yeah exactly. which i would be like no get away from me <laughs> It's scary. Nicole no, Byer. and I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Nicole Byer is, uh, has an improv background. Oh, yeah. And now she's a stand-up. That- and she did stand-up because someone suggested to her that she should do it. 
Okay. She started only as improv. Huh. And there were lots of people who transitioned back and forth. Um, yeah, right. And they both, they both have good career prospects, if you're good at them, to become, say, a writer or an actor on a TV show. A lot of the, a lot of the writers, um, like John Mulaney was a writer on SNL. Yep. Yeah. And then a lot of people start in improv and then they become actors from that. Yeah. Like, um, like a lot of them in L.A. did like the Groundlings, which is an improv group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. Will Ferrell did that. Yeah. And then... Lauren Michaels would go to the ground leads and watch them and try and get people to be on SNL. Yeah. That's what I learned. I know you don't like Mark Maron's podcast or Mark Maron's comedy, yeah. but I would say because I, everything I know about the like weird ins and outs of comedy and how people get quote unquote discovered, which is not really discovered. They just work really fucking hard is from Mark Maron's podcast. Cause he's like, so what'd you do? Like how'd that happen? You're just sitting in some restaurant in Wisconsin and this person came and saw you or whatever. That's how that's what he <laughs> I've been listening to Armchair Expert with uh, Melody Zach was just Shepherd. telling me about that. The guy with the yeah. funny name. Zach, do you like him? Dax Shepard. Yeah, right. Uh, I do. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I like his in-depth conversations with famous people about how they got started and mm-hmm. what their lives are like in LA. And Oh, I should listen to it then. Because I, I love that like shit. If, yeah. you, if you like it, you might also enjoy Conan O'Brien's show. I love Conan O'Brien. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, I've also noticed that like every single guest he has... Is a beautiful woman? Mm, no, that's not what I noticed. <laughs> Sorry, come on. <laughs> I had noticed that they had started, that, that it always comes back to them talking about their insecurities and how even when everybody else thinks they're super, you know, amazing and successful inside, they still feel like they have something to prove and they have to go out every day and, and be better than they are now. Mm-hmm. I find really interesting. Okay, well, Melody made a note about this, so we we're going to talk about it anyway, but like the whole mental health aspect. Yeah. And I learned, I, I was like on Mark Maron's podcast, it's the same. Why? I mean, I'm not asking you for an answer, but maybe you have some thoughts. Why are so many comics so fucked up? They all have like depression issues or they're really insecure or a lot of them have had, some of them have had like great family lives. John Mulaney's family life sounds great. His parents sound awesome. But then you get others. It's just like, well, just sounds bad. Every podcast I, well, so we were talking earlier about how many of the podcasts both of us listen to are based out of LA and there's all these comics on them. And whenever they talk about the comedy scene, they're like, and they talk about like hooking up with people after the show, they're like, after they hook up, they're going to realize that man is a shell of a human being. And yeah. Like, yeah. And he's just everybody's a drunk. terrible and drunk and depressed and on drugs and, and on like drugs, yeah. not able to deal with their lives. Like I don't, I don't understand. Maybe and it's even just, look at someone like Robin Williams, who is so like you know, he was it's like the PG. sad G. Everybody loved him. He was it's the so sad famous. clown thing. Yeah, but doctor, I am Pagliacci. You know that joke? No. Oh, is <laughs> no. It? It's, a, it's a famous. It's a famous joke about a sad clown. Tell us. Tell oh, okay. us. So I mean, I've already told you the punchline. So should we can, I? Yeah. Tell, should I work backwards from there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the famous joke is that a man goes to a psychologist and he says, "Doctor, I'm I'm terribly sad all the time. I'm super depressed. This is my life. Yada yada yada." And the doctor, you know, they, they talk for a long time, and finally, the doctor says, "You know, there's a there's a famous clown in town. Why don't you go see you know Pagliacci? Apparently, he can make anybody happy." And the man says, "But doctor, I am Pagliacci." Oh, that's, that's anyway, that's and true. Th- that joke's like hundred years old. Like, this is not a new phenomenon. <laughs> right. So all these people yeah. who, like, make people laugh and want want that, like, good feeling pouring out towards them yeah. are, like, searching for it. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff here. There's a lot, a lot to unpack, I think. Artists in general 
tend to be tortured. Absolutely. Sometimes that's where yeah. a good art comes Melody from. Is. Musicians yeah, and visual tortured. artists are yeah. all like a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's actually a documentary. Uh, it's called It's Not That Funny. Uh, I believe it comes out in the next month or two. Ooh. Oh. Um, and there's a quote in it. I wrote this down because uh, Chris Gethard is a comedian and actor. Yeah. He says uh, in the trailer, which is the only part of it I've seen, I bet there are a lot of depressed stockbrokers. Maybe comedians aren't more depressed than the rest of society. Maybe the rest of society just isn't talking about it professionally. Right? <laughs> that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. But that's a really good point because oh man, that's just a good point. Yeah. I can't I have that, nothing th- to rebut. That being said, like I mean, I totally have anxiety. And yeah. uh, and it took a long time to recognize it. Like from, you know, 15 to 30, I was like, man, why do I always like get kind of upset and have a, like a stomach problem whenever I'm about to go on a first date. What's going on here? Like, why am I like barfing before these job interviews? Like, what what have I eaten? Like, oh, you yeah. idiot. You've got <laughs> terrible really? anxiety. Yeah. You seem like the most laid back person ever on I, the planet. I know, right? Whoa. I mean, I take meds for anxiety. Like, yeah. but I think that also might be just contemporary life. Sometimes I think is just anxiety producing. Right. But I think that if you look, I don't know how many stockbrokers do drugs and die of drug overdoses and stuff probably in the 80s probably a lot lot. or like auto asphyxiation Hmm. (laughs) that's erotic erotic audio wait what is it (laughs) auto erotic right but audio erotic then that's this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but like you know you get like the mitch hedbergs he had like chronic drug addiction couldn't get over it lots of substance abuse i feel like there might be more substance abuse and more I, it can't be more than rock and roll, though. Fair enough. Maybe like, it's just performers. Yeah. Maybe it's people who stand on stage and just like like performing in front of people and need that. Or maybe there's no connection and there's no connection. It's, maybe everyone's just terribly depressed and not all of us are um, performing yeah. about it. So so yeah. I mean, so I, I started I started by saying you know every, yeah. everybody's depressed. Now I'm gonna yeah. now I'm gonna argue the other side. Okay. And that's that going up on stage. If you. I mean, if you are clinically depressed, if you've got yeah. issues with dopamine and, and serotonin receptors, uh, going up on stage is an unbelievable rush, right? Like it's everybody's attention on you. It's a ton of energy. You right. like, yeah, like it feels amazing. And, and if, if you do well, if you do well, yeah. And so that's the other thing. So in uh, in in behavioral psychology, there's you know skin, you know Skinner Skinner box. Anyway, Skinner was a guy. Yeah. One of the things that he researched was uh, how to reward animals to get them to do actions, right? And uh, a lot of a lot of scientists uh, still use this information. For example, in in crafting how uh, how the rewards in in pay to win games are, are released to you, or mm-hmm. in uh, slot machines. Slot machines, yeah. So it's a schedule of intermittent rewards, I believe, is what it's called. I may have gotten some of those words wrong. If you are rewarded for doing something mm-hmm. every time you do it, and then the reward is taken away, you will eventually stop doing that thing. Right. If you're never rewarded for doing it, you're going to stop doing it. But right. if you're rewarded sometimes, if every now and then you get a, gr- a reward for doing a thing, even when the reward stops, you will do that thing for the rest of your life. You right. know, like a like a monkey who sometimes gets heroin when he presses a button will press that button until he dies, even when the heroin stops coming, because because you're you're trained to want it, and when it doesn't happen, you want it even more, and then it does happen, and then oh, the next time you really want it, and oh. I and I feel. 
Huh. I came up with this theory about performing uh, before I ever did comedy because I used to do open mics. I'd go and open, do open mics and I'd, I'd sing songs and play guitar or whatever. And sometimes I was terrible and sometimes I was great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and when I was great, it was the best feeling of my entire life. And when I was terrible, I was like, well, next time it's going to be great. Right. So it's like why people gamble, why people do drugs. They're yeah. kind of chasing the dragon. I think it's very similar to that. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That makes total sense. Have you heard? I can't remember what this dude's name is. But it's a comedian who's doing a podcast called The Honeydew. No. And basically, he does the podcast and he calls it Honeydew because the honeydew is the melon that is most hated and nobody likes it. What? And, <laughs> yep. I mean... Honeydew? What about yeah. durian? Oh, durian. Oh, don't even get me started. I just, My- I just saw a video of a cat trying to bury a durian like it had like it was its own poo my brother-in-law i visited my sister and brother-in-law in singapore and my brother-in-law is like really into local nice, cuisine like nice shit you right. know yeah. so he found through some like singaporean blogs the like biggest head honcho durian guy in singapore his hands are calloused from handling the durian with no gloves and so he brought this durian home for us to try and it was the most disgusting thing I've ever, like, the taste, the texture, the smell. Yeah. It smells like hot garbage and bubble gum. So who, why do... They love it! But, I don't know, people in Singapore and, well, all over that part of, of Asia, the world. I it's an acquired taste. But I thought that there were yeah. signs oh, yeah. that say, no, like, on buses. You may not take it on public transit. Yeah, yeah. like, and lots of the resorts and places have, like, no durian in, in, little um, signs. graphics yeah. on their doors. Yeah. <laughs> Have you had it? No. It's really gross. I don't like It's slimy. Food. It's like you're eating mold. You don't like food? No. I don't have a very refined palate. I don't have a very good sense of smell. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's it's the it's the sense I care least about. So I would never I would never go out and like you seek might not out a mind flavor. It then, if well, you I'm, don't I, have a strong sense of smell. But then why would I even bother? Right? I don't know. People say bragging it's rights. I guess. Yeah. His name's like Ryan to Stickler all the time. I'm sorry for interrupting. You. Oh no, I interrupted you. His name's Ryan Stickler, and he has a podcast called The Honeydew. Yes, and so Do people come on and talk about like the bad things in their life, and they're mm. mostly comedians. And it's pretty interesting. I've listened to a couple episodes, and his life sounds shitty. You know, he and his kids, his brothers and sisters, had to basically like parent themselves. Um, can, can I ask you if you were to go on his podcast, what's the thing you would complain about? Um, well, I had a pretty good life. You know, like all things considered. Yeah. You know, like Same. lower lower middle class upbringing i didn't really want for anything i got made fun of a lot as a kid and kind of bullied but at the same time i always had like four or five friends really good friends and then as i got older i'd get razzed but i often had the like support of the class if that makes any sense like i was like good natured Mm -hmm. so even though i would get razzed and kind of like made fun of mostly fat jokes people still liked me so i don't You're have very good natured <laughs> melody played so many pranks on I me did. when we lived together <laughs> <laughs> and i never got mad at her once i screamed but it was because i believed the prank and then when i heard that it was not real i was like oh thank god and i wasn't even mad um she's a really good sport <laughs> so i don't really like my life hasn't been that bad i had like a really shitty relationship in my 20s yeah that i've alluded to on this podcast before that i think i had ptsd from but other than that it's been pretty good so nothing yeah sorry about that you have nothing to complain about what (laughs) (laughs) uh and like ptsd of like like just like vague emotional like holy shit that was so bad but not like real emotional trauma right yeah 
I don't think I'd complain about anything. Like my life's been good. As JM always says, by every conceivable metric, our life is amazing. Petty even to complain about? It's hard being a fat person in the 20th century, okay. late 20th century. That's about it. Right. It's hard to fit into chairs and people think you're dumb. That's people true. People think you're dumb. People think fat people are dumber. They think they're like dumb and slovenly and like they have no willpower. See, that sounds pretty rough to me. I mean, I guess, but basically fine. But that's, <laughs> yeah, but that's like, they've, <laughs> they've done studies that say yeah. like, you know, they'll have like two people. One will be like, quote unquote, a normal weight. The other person will be a fat person. And little kids will be like, I want that person. They seem nicer and funnier and smarter. They get more jobs. They often earn more money. Hmm. I mean, I'm tall. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with tall people. They're like assessed by neutral participants as smarter and better at things. Yeah. And it's like for, for no reason. Yeah. Just because they're taller. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Someone asked Sweet. me the other day at the grocery store to reach her some yogurt at the back of the thing. I was like, no problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, what would you talk about? Um, my kids. <laughs> Every parent is like, yeah, there's nodding. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I love them so much, but like, oh my God. But I think some of the people who, t- like some of the subjects that come up on the Honeydew with these comics are like serious, really sad so it's like it just seems like there are these people who've gone through bad shit, and then they're like, "I just gotta like laugh about it." You want to hear bad shit? My three-year-old son will not shit on the potty or the toilet. That's gross. ever. That's, that's the worst. That's it's terrible. <laughs> three, it's terrible. Three is like you should be on the damn toilet. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> Sorry, I, I got gross. I got so lucky with that. My kid toilet trained herself basically. Yeah, I she remember was, she, she was like eighteen months or something crazy. She was like just she was. And in fact, I remember I remember it very clearly which is hilarious but she it was you know, like two weeks before her second birthday she was like i gotta poop and i'm like okay and i like brought her a, a thing to poop into and she did and i was like sweet okay Here, this is what we're at now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah totally were you gonna say something before and i interrupted you oh, i'll probably gonna complain about having a kid i don't know <laughs> yeah but it's you're like really hard i yeah. occasionally i occasionally like think about how in almost exactly 10 years she's going to move out and I'm going to not have to have a kid in my house anymore. And I'm like, oh, I'm only, I'm only going to be like 45. Can, like, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're young. Like, all the hobbies you can have. You're going to have so much time and energy. And like, I, I really, truly do love my kids like so much, but I don't have any time or like space to myself. So when they're gone, I'm going to do so much. You're, yeah. My garden is going to be banging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Louis C.K. and other comics oh, like yeah. him? Sure. Do you have any opinions on this? Do you care about it? I mean, it's not that I care about it or don't care about it. It's just like, it's just shitty. It's super know? shitty. So what, here's him masturbating in front of people without their consent? That, yes, that yeah. one. Yeah. I, I have a hard time separating the art from the artist. Right. And I think that was actually one of the things that Nanette talks about in, sorry, that, oh, geez, that happens all the time, doesn't I it? do the same thing that Hannah yeah. Gadsby talks about in, in Nanette. Nanette. Yeah. yeah. Um, cause she talks about what an awful person, uh, Picasso was. Yes. Right? She talks about the art and the artist. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's very difficult. Now there are, and the opposite is true. There are people who I think are really good people and interesting people, uh, who don't like their art, but that's a lot easier because you can just not look at it. Yeah. Whereas if you like their art and then discover they're a bad person, uh, it makes it harder to go back and enjoy those things you enjoyed in the past. Mm-hmm. So right. I loved his TV show, Louie. Like, it made me cry. Right. I thought it was funny. I thought it was weird and irreverent and, like, surreal sometimes. And I felt very strongly about that show. Mm-hmm. And so then when all of this stuff came out, I felt personally 
kind of wounded. I was like, fuck you, man. Like you took something away from me a little right. bit because I liked it so much yeah. that now I can't watch it. But on the flip side, there are a couple of comedians who seem like nice people. There's this one woman. She's got some presence on podcasts that I've listened to. Her name's Sophie Hagen. I feel bad. I mean, not that our podcast is super huge and she's going to hear me say this, but... You never know. <laughs> hey, so <laughs> what's up, girl? <laughs> so she does a lot of like body positive fat stuff, right? Yeah. She's a fat person, which is probably why I've heard her on some of my like fat people podcasts. Um, podcasts for everyone, but they're about being fat. <laughs> and she seems nice and she seems really like aligned with my beliefs and everything. But she's and she's a comedian. That's how she earns her living. She's not funny. Mm. Not uh, funny at all. Is, she, is it a cultural thing? I don't think. Maybe. She's she funny in Denmark. Maybe. But in English, I, I hear her jokes and I'm like, are we supposed to be laughing? And I just think like, oh, man, I want to like you because you seem cool, but your comedy's terrible. To defend somebody I've never heard before and don't know anything about, mm. being funny in a second language is very difficult. Yes. No, for sure. And I have thought that because she's from Denmark. But her yeah. English, great, like a probably. lot of Scandinavians, yeah. is yeah. chef's kiss. Yeah, maybe Beautiful. She, maybe she's just terrible. I think she might just be terrible. It happens. Mm. Yeah, I mean, as far as as far as people who are bad people, I I think that you can do bad things and be redeemed. I think that if Louis C.K. had put out a comprehensive apology that seemed real, people would hold it against him less. And, mm -hmm. But that isn't the way it went down. Yeah, his apology seemed stupid, and now he's just like trying to do sets again, and people are upset about it. Yeah, and they feel like if he just pops up at a show. People yeah. will leave, yeah. and they feel yeah. like I didn't. I didn't buy into this tonight. I didn't want to be here. The, the worst thing about about Louis C.K.'s uh, is that he told us who he was in his comedy. Yes, right. Like he would. He was like, "Men are disgusting. They'll just whip their dicks out and jerk on them." Blah, 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 blah. And, and he didn't like, do that. But, it was, but it was it was a it was a funny exaggerated thing. And then you're right. like, "Oh wait, yes, that, that's yeah. what that's that's him. That's yeah." And he's ashamed of it, so he's making jokes about how disgusting he is. Right? Yeah, it's. Yeah, yeah, and you know what's funny is that I, I told uh, my sister's husband, Adam, that I really liked him, and he made the same point you just did. He said, yeah, he was already telling us what a disgusting pig he was. Yeah. It's like, really? Like, ugh. But the yeah. whole, the, the, your expectation of comics and comedy is that they are presenting an exaggerated reality, right. not yeah. the real reality. Yeah, it's this, like that he wouldn't actually do that. Yeah. I mean, he could redeem himself potentially because he didn't, what he did was still very, very bad, but he didn't... Um, physically harm anyone mm. which is i guess a step up yeah but people like like bill cosby yeah i mean that's i never like his comedy anyway <laughs> bill cosby's in the studio <laughs> um yeah but i loved the cosby show yeah i never watched the stand-up really but i loved the, i grew up watching the cosby show i fucking loved it i find it weird the cosby show yeah. how come i don't know i liked family matters mm, i love family members too family <laughs> matters too so but and I thought maybe it was the wackiness of Family Matters that I liked. Because it was so unreal. Yeah. Whereas whereas the Cosby show was kind of like, here's some people. And I'm like, I don't like any of these people. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to watch them. Right. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. I remember I was really fascinated by their house because they had two staircases. That really excited me. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that you could live in a house in New York City. Right. I thought that you could only live in small apartments. <laughs> but yeah, I love that show. Oh, and so I... You know, just felt like it just feels like a loss. And I'm like, fuck you, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. We took all of those records to the dump. Hmm. Well, good for you. I, we got uh, them at the dump, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. The opposite person for me is 
uh, Anthony Jeselnik. Oh, yeah. Because I like him a lot, and he's really funny, and he puts on a, a, a persona that is absolutely unlikable. Yes. Right? Oh, his co- – and I remember we talked about one of his specials, and I was like, meh. Yeah. Yeah, but no, you like him a lot. I, I love it. I'm I not familiar it. with this. He does incredibly dry, incredibly offensive comedy. Okay. You know, when uh, – I, I believe he told a story about, I think it was 9-11, maybe? Oh, yeah. Oh. And, 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 and when 9-11 happened, a bunch of his friends texted him like, don't do it. Don't, 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 don't say anything. Don't tell any jokes about this. Like, literally the same day. Because that was the expectation. Yeah. Was right. that he would tell a, a, a terrible, way too early, bad Yeah, and he joke. does it like two days later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll do it like two days after anything happens. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you. Can you tell, do you remember the puppy story? Oh, no. I thought you could maybe retell it. He tells, I've only seen one of his specials, but he tells this story. One of his jokes is like, I bought my, my girlfriend a, a puppy and it totally destroyed the house. And then the punchline is, this is a terrible retelling. The punchline is he basically didn't feed or water the dog and it died. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and that's why it tore the house apart because like, it's pretty dark. Yeah. 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 All his stuff is that dark. But is he a nice person? It's, he seems to be. Yeah. In real life, he seems to be a great person. Uh, one, nice. one of his, his, his newest standup special ends with a 15 minute joke about taking one of his friends to get an abortion and and, and it appears to be a true story. He dedicated the special to her. Oh, and so he's doing this thing where he's, he's, you know, he's like doing a really kind thing. He's helping her. He's, he's supporting her. He's being there for her. And then the entire time he's doing that, he's also just in his head thinking about all the ways he's going to make a funny joke out of this. (laughs) (laughs) And it worked. (laughs) It's funny. So it's funny that you, uh, well, I love that shit. Like, I love dark comedy. It's my favorite fucking thing in the world. JM and I have started watching this YouTuber called ContraPoints. Do you know who that is? I've heard it, yeah. I love her so much. She's trans, a trans lady yeah, from okay. Baltimore. Yeah. And she transitioned on YouTube. And because when you watch some of her older videos, she's still a man. And I say that because that's how she identifies. She says, I used to, she says, I'm different from most trans women or trans people in that. I don't really feel like I was a woman my whole life. I used to live as a man, and now I live as a woman. So right. the fact that I'm saying she used to be a man, I'm not trying to be a dick about it. That's how she describes herself. And she does like crazy theatrical makeup, right? <sighs> amazing makeup, yes, amazing sets. Know. And um, she'll talk about cultural things. She talks about trans issues. She talks about gay issues, non-sexual um, identity issues. And she has this one video that I just watched that I really liked called The Darkness. And it's about comedy. And she's criticizing Richie Gervais because he has done um, like trans comedy where he said, well, I identify as a chimp now. I actually just watched that last night. Yeah. I identify as a chimp now. Pre-op. I'm a pre-op chimp. And then, and he's like, I do it. I identify that way because I say I am and that makes it so. And he like dead names people. So he calls them their, their name from before they. The thing is he basically did that whole set mm-hmm. because trans people got mad at him for doing a, a, slight, Kate, a Caitlyn Jenner joke. Yeah, exactly. Which he was like, well, it's just a joke about Caitlyn Jenner. It's not a joke about her being trans. Mm-hmm. And and then he just misunderstood the entire point of their criticisms. And, yeah. then, he, and then he lashes out at them. And it's like, yeah. well, that doesn't make it any better, dude. He, he kind of right. like punched down. Yeah. So, so ContraPoint's video called The Darkness starts by talking about the Ricky Gervais thing. And she talks about how, why it's not funny. And not, and ContraPoint's is great. The videos are really well written. Um, really thoughtful, very encompassing of all sides, you know? Um, And she says, like, listen, it's just not funny because of all these, like, interesting other reasons that are too um, kind of intricate for me to talk about now. But she also says, 
dark comedy is my favorite thing. I love making trans jokes, but I'm a trans lady, so I can make them. That's my darkness. And living a life as a transgender person comes with problems that can be coped with with comedy. And so that's what I do. And that makes it great and funny. And so that's my darkness. That's not your darkness, Ricky Gervais. You have to have your own and you do it. And then that'll be funny. It's the same reason that Eddie Murphy's gay jokes weren't funny in the 80s. Yes. They might be funny if you made a gay joke now. Not quite as bad. Yeah. Um, because, like, gay people have more rights now. Exactly. And they're safer, hopefully, in, yeah. in America. Yeah. And yeah. it's mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the worst part of that Ricky Gervais joke is that it starts with a good point. He says that people get offended when they mix up the subject and the object of the humor. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make a funny joke about a trans person. That, but that wasn't what he was doing. No, he was he was just being like he was mocking their lives basically, yeah. and and it wasn't his to mock. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Everybody watch ContraPoints. Fascinating videos. Amazing makeup. I love her. To the YouTube. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> the video called "The Darkness" is specifically about darkness in, in comedy. <laughs> Let's talk about joke writing and thieving and stuff like that. Yeah. Thieving is interesting. So I have some thoughts about this for sure. Okay, go for it. So the first thought is that jokes are different from other art forms, Mm -hmm. mostly because they're not recognized as an art form. Mm. So if you paint a picture, you automatically get a copyright on that picture because people have been painting pictures for so long that we have an idea about how to treat them as art. Yeah, like my photos are mine under Canadian copyright law. Yeah, but if you write a joke, I don't think the same thing applies. You don't just automatically own that joke and have legal protections for it. Right. And so there has to be a kind of ad hoc artist run mafia sort of style protection of your, of your jokes. So people they like inside policing, basically exactly. they police themselves. They police themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. By shaming publicly yep. or by refusing to work with people who are known joke thieves. Right. Um, so, so if you were to cover a joke, there's no body set up to recover royalties for it and send them to the right person. Whereas with uh, an audio recording, like even if you record a CD of your jokes and then somebody plays those jokes, now SoCan's in charge and SoCan can take royalties and pay them out to you. Right. But if somebody covers your joke, SoCan doesn't go after them for that cover. And when you say cover, they just say it. Yeah. And like they cover, like a band covers music. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that if there was a better legal framework for for jokes as art, Mm -hmm. that would alleviate some of that pressure. That's good. But you know what Mark Maron has said a couple of times, and I'm sorry, I keep saying his name, but he often says when they talk about joke stealing and then it's Dane Cook who everyone was really mad at for stealing jokes, right? Yeah, and, and the, the, famous, the famous one is uh, Carlos, Carlos Mencia. That's who what, stole jokes? Yeah, jo- Joe Rogan confronted him live on stage and that's a big YouTube thing. Oh, oh, we should watch that. So Joe Rogan confronted him for stealing Joe Rogan's jokes or other people's other, jokes? Other people's jokes. Oh, interesting. I fucking hmm. hate Joe Rogan, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's I, right. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I'm sure there are lots of people who like him. I don't was it Fear Factor that did it? Or? No, but God, how embarrassing. <laughs> um, no, I've just seen... I've never listened to his podcast, although maybe I should. It's very popular. It is very popular. No, he just... Um, he gives voice. He gives a voice to all the people and people who are pieces of shit. All the like super right-wing American stuff. And he fucking hates fat people. Oh. He's like, you're lazy, food-addicted slobs who are killing yourselves because you're addicted to cupcakes. That's an exact quote. Anyway. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the joke thieving thing is is interesting to me. Oh wait, that's what I was gonna say. Is Mark Marin. So Mark Marin always says, or has said in the past, that 
you, you can you, comedians listen to a lot of other comedians sets mm-hmm. right. and they're always like in comedy clubs listening 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 two years later three years later they might have absorbed something that someone said in, in a set and then they write a joke that's kind of similar not really realizing that they stole it right and he has done that a couple of times he didn't really steal a joke but it's like too similar Totally, and then totally happens. throws him into a panic. He's yeah. like, oh, God, oh, God. And he just loses his mind. Yeah. Now, now that, that totally happens. And it happens in music, too. Yeah. And right? visual art, too. Yeah. 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 You take inspiration from people. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, like, I mean, apparently, apparently Robin Williams would sit in the back of clubs and write down other people's jokes and then tell them on stage. No. Yeah. Like, that's... My, I am aghast. I know. It's a long, it's a long running tradition. Like, it just happened. It was something people did. Wait, um, would he? I am appalled. I was listening to I was listening to a podcast, and and somebody was talking about how in the old days, when Robin Williams came into a club in New York, the host would tell the artists in the back so that they wouldn't use their A material. Wow. Whoa. And 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 you know if 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 they called him out on it, he would slip them five or six hundred bucks, and now it's his joke. You know, and like right, right now, now, now. Are, I mean, at least he paid for it. Afterwards, after people told him to. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but there are people out there who, who write jokes for other people, and that's not unusual. They're ghostwriters. Right. There are people who got famous, spend a lot of time doing other stuff, and they're not writing 24-7 ever, anymore. And the, the product isn't the jokes. They're the product. You know, yep. they're, they're already famous. They need another hour special. Yep. They get a, a room full of young kids together and have them write a bunch of jokes. Yeah, I know that Ellen does that. Yeah. Because oh, Kellen, does she? K- well, Karen Kilgariff from My Favorite Murder, who I love, is a comedy writer. And you also like that podcast. Yeah. And she worked on The Ellen Show. Did she? For like five years. The- I mean, that show's loaded with jokes. I have wondered how she... It she- didn't even occur to me that there would be comedy writers writing for people... Oh yeah, like Letterman says, like people when the when the strike the writer strike happened a few years ago in the yeah. states, and then like all the late night stuff they didn't have material. It's because mm-hmm. they don't write their own stuff; they have right. a writers' room. But Karen's first job with Ellen wasn't just working on the show; it was going with her on a comedy tour. So she Karen was writing for Ellen's comedy tour. Huh. Yeah, and yeah. and so there's no incentive for a young up and comer to have somebody else write their jokes, right? Because the point of being a young up and comer is to get known as being funny so that you can sell those jokes to other people and make a living. Yeah. Right. You want to, you want to, you want to become a, you want to become a writer on Brooklyn nine, nine, or you want to become, you know, a, a known comedian. So most of the time there's no incentive. It's, it's, it's people who are already famous, who are already rich, yep. who, who are asking other people to write their jokes so that they have more material than they can. And that's not joke stealing. That's paying someone to do a job. Exactly. Right. But yeah. when you sit in the back of a, a comedy club and write everything down and only pay people when you're called on it. That's yeah, shitty. That's, that's different. Um, that's shocking. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, I can't even remember the name of the guy who I was listening to who said that. So, Oh, I'm going to so Google is, it later. This is, this is totally it's, uh, is it hearsay. Yeah. It's absolutely hearsay. Well, the other thing is, is that I think what goes along with comedy is like the performance, obviously yeah. Robin Williams, even if he did steal jokes, which it sounds like he did, was still a great performer and yeah. hilarious. And his whole his whole shtick was riffing and doing the performance and doing the voices. Yeah, right. he, he didn't have carefully crafted punchlines. Right, you know. Yeah, and so he needed them. He need yeah. Well, he needed he needed he needed jokes to start with. He needed right. he needed a place to Something to leap to, off of. Right? right, and then he would just be like coke fueled twenty minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you talk to us at all about the process of comedy writing? Like, how do people write? jokes how do you write jokes? well so so everybody's different so i can only only talk about myself um 
actually that's not true i can talk about like for example we we're talking about mitch hedberg when the mics were off uh i've actually read some of his notes he used to do uh, a free writing exercise every day he would write two full pages of stream of consciousness and and uh like i went th- i went through a, a literary arts sort of high school diploma um and one of the things that was talked about a lot was the danger of the blank page. You know, you just start writing and it doesn't matter what you're writing. It's the act of writing that sparks the creative juices. Um, And so sometimes I will sit down and I'm going to write a joke today and I'll start writing and I'll think, you know, I'm in a room. Rooms are funny. Why are rooms funny? And you write down a bunch of premises and then you see if you can find punchlines from there. Now that's not, most of my good jokes haven't come from that, but I think the process is important. Most of my jokes are about, most of my good jokes are about things that actually happened to me or exaggerated versions of things that actually happened to right, me. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I love all that real life shit. Oh so do you God. have like a little notebook? I used to have a notebook. I used to carry a notebook. I used to carry I've, – I've tried carrying a voice recorder. Yeah. I've tried carrying a – Like pa- a lawyer. Like a lawyer. Note to self. Yeah, like a, like a, a detective <laughs> from, a, from an 80s movie. Yeah, Speaking into a tape about the crime. <laughs> um, which is obviously a narrative conceit to, to – to add a narrator to a movie that doesn't have one for sure oh. um, right. <laughs> yeah. in uh, uh what is it uh fletch you ever seen that movie no but i've heard of it it's a bad movie um, with chevy chase chevy right? chase yeah but the book is great anyway one of the conceits in fletch uh because it's such a plot driven book is that fletch will occasionally uh phone himself and leave answering machine messages about the case and it's like so clearly a, liter- a literary conceit <laughs> to add a narrative voice that's really but, funny Anyway, it's totally off topic. Yeah, but I mean, at, you have to use these devices, right? Like, actually, it's like when you realize there's a character in a movie who's like the audience's avatar. Right. Right? Who's only there so that people have to explain the plot. Like, right. um, I can't remember her name. Ellen something, the actress. She was Juno. Pellet Page. Ellen Juno. Or Ellen. Ellen Juno. In Juno. Ellen Page. In um, Inception. She is totally oh, yeah. the audience. She's only there. Because people will be like, well, Ariadne, with your crazy fucking name. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, (laughs) that's an interesting thing. Because then, like, jokes just kind of... They bubble up out of everything. Appear. Yeah. And so so now I just keep my phone on me. Because cell phones are so ubiquitous. Oh, yeah, of course. And I have a... a, I use Google Notes. um, And I I write either joke or stand-up in the subject line. And then I, like, jot down the, the, the thing that I thought was funny as fast as I can. Uh, so that I don't lose it. And yeah. this often happens, often happens when I'm falling asleep. Oh. Uh, and, then I, and then the next morning I wake up and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this isn't funny at all. <laughs> but it could be one day. Exactly. So, exactly. so like something funny happens and then you flesh it out into a whole joke? Exactly. So is it like a monologue? Yeah. Basically? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 hey, I'm this thing. You know, this thing happened to me and this is why it was funny. Yeah. yeah. Right? So. Uh, and I, 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 the... The comedy that I enjoy most, I'm actually not very good at writing, and that's one-liners, like like Mitch Hedberg, like Anthony Jeselnik. Um, it's you know, it's a, a garden path sentence. Do you guys know garden path sentence? No, tell us more. So a garden path sentence is uh, the famous example is uh, time flies like an arrow, fruit flies like a banana. Oh. <laughs> fruit flies like a banana. <laughs> so it's it's a sentence that starts one way and ends somewhere else. You shift either on a noun or a verb in the sentence that can be taken two ways, right? And that creates a joke, right? You know, there are a lot. There are lots of famous kinds of jokes. Jokes jokes are as old as time. One of the one of the oldest things ever written was on a uh, a clay tablet in Phoenician, and uh, and it was a joke about a, about a, a young woman sitting on an older man's lap and farting. <laughs> <laughs> is that true that's absolutely true. i don't know why i'm like questioning you is that true 
Yeah, it was written in cuneiform. One of the one of the oldest things written in the entire world is like a dirty joke about farts. Farts Amazing. are timeless. Yeah. Farts are hilarious. Yeah, our dog farts like a human. Right. <laughs> anyway, timeless. Um. So, and I like the term garden path. One liners are really interesting. Sorry. Anthony Jeselnik, you think he's a one-liner? Oh, I well, feel like he has these long stories. He does, he does. Um, and but I feel like that's. I feel like his stories have gotten longer over time. Okay. Like one of my favorite jokes by him. And and so here's here's you know this is funny. Like me telling this joke. It's like a cover, right? Like I'm. Uh, You're just repeating it to us. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that everybody does to their friends in in rooms. Yeah, but it's not something you can do on a stage. Right. Anyway, so Anthony Jeselnik has a joke where he says, uh, "When I was a kid, you know, every time." My dad took off his belt. I knew there was no way I could stop him from shooting heroin. Oh, God. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I love, I love jokes like that. You know, it's 25 words, tells yeah. a whole story, not the story you thought it was going to tell. Really, it's really like uh, neat. And, and, and um, decisiveness. What's the word when you write things and you keep it short? Concise. Yeah. Concise. Concise. Yeah. My mom said she once read The Winner she probably had other entrants, but I can't remember them. But the winner to a competition of the funniest headline for a newspaper in the shortest amount of words, mm. funniest okay. slash shocking, yeah. was Pope Elopes. I would just like to say that even though Jared doesn't work professionally as a comedian, I still think you're really funny. Oh, thanks. You say lots of funny things at parties. I, it's pathological. <laughs> it's pathological? <laughs> I'm serious. You just like can't help but make the joke? That was one of the things that we didn't talk about in the mental health discussion about comedy. It's that people who like comedy and want to be funny don't just want to be funny on stage. We want to be funny all the time. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, was at, I was at a rehearsal for um, this... Uh, midsummer event that uh, my partner puts on. I was I was sitting, like I was kind of like waiting around. Uh, I'm a, a musician for it. I'm not acting in it. And so they were they were doing a bunch of rehearsals, a bunch of drama games and stuff. That I'm not really interested in. And I'm like two and a half hours into this thing, I you know somebody said something and I like kind of piped in with a, a loud joke from the back. <laughs> and one of my friends turned and was just like, "You haven't said anything." All night. That's the only thing you said tonight. It's just this terrible joke that you yelled at us. Did people laugh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it killed. It, it killed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I sometimes, not that I think I'm a comedian, but I like want to get a joke in. Mm. And I, I feel like it'll it'll be fun for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm funny because I laugh at my own jokes all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, thanks liz (laughs) your jokes are pretty funny thank you yeah yours too thanks anything we've missed i don't think so i mean unless we could talk about stuff forever but you know we've already been talking for two hours jared is there anything else that you wanted to cover though that we missed no not really this has been a really enjoyable wide-ranging discussion of comedy yeah yeah thank you that's what we do yeah we never stay on any of the notes that Melody so meticulously writes out. We hit most we, of the points. Yeah, we got we got most of that most of it in there. What are you listening to? I have uh, I have really specific tastes in podcasts. Yeah. Um. I I listen to a MMA podcast called The Co-Main Event. Uh, I listen to Reply All. I love Reply All. I listen to Planet Money and The Indicator from NPR, and I listen to the guys from Crooked Media. 
They do uh, American politics podcasts. Okay. I listen to those, but only because I love reveling in their horror and fear about, <laughs> about the future. Oh. Because it's just utter schadenfreude. But it's our future, too. I mean, it is, yeah. Because, like, if we don't do something soon about climate change, yeah. I mean, we're fucked. Yeah. Good times. Woo! Yeah. Sorry, that something. My anxiety about the future or the environment or animals is tinges every podcast I'm in now. I hear you. But, you know, if, if, you like listening to podcasts and you happen to be an MMA fan, which I know is a smaller Venn diagram than other things. The Coming Event <laughs> podcast is the best one out there. So it's, it pro- it's probably getting bigger because of Joe Rogan. MMA? No, like the Venn diagram uh, of podcasts and, and, and MMA because he's so into that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Huh. What are you listening to, Mel? Well, um, I was listening on the way here to dax shepherd's podcast mm-hmm. uh armchair expert and he had bill nye on a few weeks ago oh. and i was really enjoying it and actually um one of the things what made me think of this they're talking about um people who don't believe in science and he's like you don't believe in science guess what your iphone doesn't work guess what you can't drive your car <laughs> i forget what made me think of this thing you were saying just a second ago but uh i really enjoyed that and also um a customer at the farmer's market, I stepped in for my husband a couple weeks ago, and a customer was telling me that she did listen to our podcast, but then she got into Alec Baldwin. So I tried his podcast. Oh, his if you're podcast. into like American politics, it's actually pretty good. Is that what he talks about? There's a lot of American stuff in there. I don't know. Doesn't hmm. surprise me. Yeah, but it's pretty good. It's called Here's the Thing. And in the car, I listen exclusively to Ace of Bass with my daughter, <laughs> <laughs> specifically All That She Wants. Is, is another, another baby. baby. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Over Kid, and over. Kids get stuck on certain songs. There's three songs that my daughter listens to and just like nonstop. What are they? Yeah, they what are, are they? They are um, Shut Up and Dance With Me by Walk the Moon. Shut up and dance with me. Oh, that's a fun they're, one. They're The Middle by Zed something. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? I don't know that one. Um, and uh, another one. Something by... Um, Who's the guy who did the halftime show this year? Bruno Mars? No, no Justin la- Timberlake. That was last year. That was year before that. Oh, I have no idea. It was, uh, it was, oh crap. I Drake. Can't, I can't remember. No, doesn't matter. Justin Bieber. It's not something I enjoy, so I don't give any room in my brain for it. So I feel old when people say pop songs and mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know any of those. I have no idea who, I don't know what those words mean. Yeah. Um, what about you, Liz? So I've been listening to ContraPoints because I'm obsessed, but like that's more watching, but for listening i also and maybe i've said this on another podcast but whatever i've been listening to one podcast called a good one or that's a good one hmm. or i don't think you've mentioned it oh it's called good one okay and it's comedians talk about a piece of material and like how they wrote it that's fun oh and they yeah. break it down I like that yeah yeah it's I'm called good one yeah and so like john mulaney's been on it nicole byer's been on it i'm definitely gonna listen to that it's fun i just love nicole byer so much if you're <laughs> listening nicole i love you maybe one day she will Maybe. I don't think she even listens to podcasts. She doesn't seem like the type. No, she's... Although, if she's driving in Los Angeles, then She's busy, busy, busy. She has time. She's probably on the phone doing business. You think? I just imagine everyone in Los Angeles is on the car phone. Yeah, the car phone. (laughs) (laughs) The last point of whatever is plugs. So you can find the podcast at Teach Me Tiger Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Our website's teachmetigerpodcast.ca. And we're on Patreon. Please give us your money. A very small amount would help us a lot. And we'll give you bonus content and other stuff. 
<laughs> and other stuff. Jared, do you want to plug anything? Uh, sure. I'm in a band called Greta Gargoyle. Greta so, Gargoyle? So if you're in That's Kingston fun. and you see that name on a sign, come see us. When's the next time you're playing? No idea. Okay, that's nice. We also don't have any uh, any media online, so don't bother Googling. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the band? Anybody I know? Yeah, it's uh, Cecily Taylor, Kiel Verrecken, and uh, Sherilyn Anderson. Oh, nice. My Instagram is L-I-Z-Z-O-U-S-E, Lizouse. That's cool. it. Just go there. All Hello. up in the Lizouse. All up in the Liz house. Although my Liz friend, he made it up. He said Liz house in the his house. Yeah. yeah. Boom. We're done. What? Am- oh, I'm sorry. I always forget to ask you. <laughs> Melody, what do you have to plug? <laughs> Liz never remembers. It's because you're like the podcast boss and know how to do it. And I forget. You're my podcast protege. Okay. Melody, what, do you, you. what are you listening to this <laughs> week? Or ah, fuck. What do you know? Oh, what do you have to plug? You can find me at melodystarkweather.ca. <laughs> Where I have art and stuff. Thanks so much to Jared for coming on the show this week. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes, wherever you get your pods. If you leave us a review, we'll start to read them on the show. Oh, that's a good idea. Leave us a review. Don't give me a shout out. A good one, though. Only. Only good. Only good. Tell your friends about us. If you like us. If you don't, don't say a word. Thanks again. Oh, wait. Remember. And remember. It's it's a jungle jungle out there. there. Coffee copper pot, <laughs> bumble bun snicker pants, <laughs> whack a doodle woodily woo. <laughs> oh my god! Hot <laughs> copper coffee pot. Yeah, hot copper. I can't. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs>